Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Living with XXY podcast series. I'm your host, Ryan Briganti. So today we have a gentleman named Daniel who's from Texas. What's going on, man? Not much. How's it going? Doing well, doing well. So Daniel um, was diagnosed later on in life, and he has an incredible story to share with all of you about his diagnosis. Um, so I'm going to just let you get started. Um, let's let's just start from the beginning. Yeah, so uh, when I was 24, um, I realized that I had a lot of weight on me and uh, went to a doctor uh, that my mom suggested I go to, uh, to to start looking at ways to lose weight. And um, she started looking at my uh, vitals and saw that I was low on vitamin D, uh, thought that I needed to go gluten-free, and even wrote on my paperwork that I might potentially have Heinz-Helder syndrome, but didn't really say much about it. And ended up just giving me testosterone therapy, about 100 milligrams per decibel, just, just to start me out. Did it every two weeks, two to three weeks. Um, and I was getting the shots, feeling not so good with it. I didn't like needles. And so uh, after a while, I just decided I didn't want to do the injections anymore. Um, and about two years later, uh, I met my first slice. Um, we uh, moved along with things, uh, worked together, uh, you know, didn't, didn't ever have any issues in the bedroom with her. We just had fun, tried to have a baby, worked really, really hard for two years to have a baby or about a year and a half to have a baby and uh, realized that nothing was happening. And so I went to a doctor, uh, they tested for swimmers uh, and noticed that I didn't have any swimmers. And so uh, they did a few more exams. They did a prostate exam, but stopped there and said, you know, if you want to, if you want to have a baby, you need to lose weight. You need to take some vitamins and supplements and maybe that will help. And maybe you'll have a, have a baby after that. And, um, went home after that, um, maybe tried for another month or two. And my ex-wife said, this isn't for me, but on the start to have a baby and, um, this isn't happening. So I'm done. I don't know if you're done, but I'm done. And so I try to be the man and file for divorce and uh, just walk away from it all. Dang. That's, that's heavy as far as like not having, not having any understanding of like why you don't have swimmers and then all of a sudden having a divorce. Yeah. And it, it sent me into a depression. Um, I was not okay. Um, now, the depression, on the other hand, made me lose all this weight because I wasn't eating or doing any of that. It wasn't healthy. Um, you know, I, I just walked further into to a depression after about six months. I was like, you know what? Forget it all. Um, I'll just go on testosterone therapy and maybe do, do something better for myself. And, and uh, so I started testosterone therapy, uh, was doing good with it, was dropping the weight. Um, but the depression was still there because why couldn't I have a baby? Why couldn't I, um, support my, my wife then? And why couldn't I do anything? So it, it was all on me. Um, and, and I, you know, um, what do we do as, as men, whenever we can't do something, we turn to something else. And, and I turned to drugs and, uh, turned to smoking marijuana. And, um, now I did a lot of research after about two years because I kept raising my testosterone levels up, but my testosterone, the, the test results weren't coming back like they should. My estrogen was high. I was taking estrogen blockers and found out that THC, when smoked, actually converts your testosterone into more estrogen. And so um, once I realized that was going on, and after smoking for about three years, I decided to quit. And I quit cold turkey smoking, uh, but kept on with the testosterone. Um, and after I did all that, I actually, uh, at age of 33, I met my now wife. And um, after meeting her, we're like, hey, let's, let's try and have a baby. Um, I was still going to that doctor to get the testosterone shot, talked with them about it, that I'm going to quit because me and my wife want to ba have a baby. And they said, hey, we got this new thing. If you take HCG with your testosterone, then it will allow you to be able to have babies and it'll, it'll allow the swimmers to go and, and you'll be good to go. And so we tried that for about six months and it was terrible. Uh, didn't have any success. And 
I told my wife, I'm, I'm tired of being poked and prodded and, and going through all this. Can I just stop all of it together? And, you know, let's give it about six months because I've seen, you know, the Google research that if you stop testosterone for about six months, your summers will come back and, and you'll be able to have a baby. And so that's what we did. Um, we went through the, the trial of, um, she's laid on her period. And so we're pregnant and then going through the, the depression of no, she's not, but it was just a late period. And, um, you know, I, I put my wife through some, a lot of struggles because I'm, I'm like pushing for like, we're going to have a baby this time, or we're going to have a baby this time. And it put her through a lot more stress and, and it caused uh, a little bit of, of tension in our marriage. And, and just whenever she explained that I was putting all that pressure on her, it made us stop and take a look back and be like, Hey, we need to stop this. We need to quit putting pressure on each other. Um, I need to stop putting pressure on her and, and causing all this pain. Um, because I mean, she went through her first marriage wanting to have a baby as well. And her husband passed away and then, um, coming out of it, she, uh, didn't have any babies from her first marriage and thought something was wrong with her and she was perfectly healthy. And so coming into our marriage, we thought, oh, this is going to work. And, and it didn't. And after, I think it was maybe eight or nine months of not having testosterone and not having a baby, um, back in November of 22, we, we decided that, hey, let's, let's get me back on testosterone. It'll help me lose weight because I, I just rapidly gained a lot of weight. I was, I was probably 100 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, and, and it just wasn't a good position for me, for my lifestyle to live. And, and Miranda and I already kept talking about wanting to live a long life together. And if, if I had all that weight on me, it was potentially putting me in the grave of not being healthy. And so uh, we went to back to the doctor I was going to before uh, to get testosterone shots. Um, when, I, when I met with uh, my doctor, uh, she's like, you need to have two uh, test results showing under the 350 mark in order for insurance to qualify you for uh, uh, testosterone therapy. And my first one showed up as 17. And she was like, wow, this is a low number. Like, this is crazy. But you need to come back in a week later and do another test and we'll see where you're at. And after that, we can start testosterone therapy. I was like, okay. Came back and the next one was 23. And she's like, this is really low and really weird. Um, I'm not going to give you testosterone. And at that point, I was devastated because I knew testosterone would help me. And I knew that's what was going to work. And she's like, but something else is wrong. You need to go figure out what's wrong. You need to go to the endocrinologist before I'll see you again. And uh, that sent me into another depression. Um, and just because I knew, knew what I need and she wasn't going to give it to me. Um, so I, I ended up calling my wife's endocrinologist and she got me in, allowed me to see her it was about two months later. Um, and she did a genome test and found out I had 47 XXY Kleinfelder syndrome. And it was, a uh, it was great to find out I had it. Um, because it, it now put a, a name to what I was feeling. Um, but at the same time, it kind of put us in another depression of we can't have kids. This, this means that I don't, my body doesn't produce testosterone. My body doesn't produce the swimmers. Um, so this is now my life and there's no kids, no potential of kids naturally. And, and I know about the the, you know, the test that you can do to, or the, you do the extraction of, of I think it's like micro testes of the doing that. And, and I realized, I don't think it's worth that because of that test all those years back of saying that I had zero swimmers. And so uh, we actually came together, uh, worked through it together. And because it not only affected me, but it affected her as well. And we worked through it and I've been on testosterone therapy since then. Um, I only do hundred milligrams per deciliter now, um, just to make me a normal guy. And, and that's all I wanted to be is I want to be a normal guy, um, and feel normal and be able to do the things that any other guy can out there can do. Wow. That's so like a 10, 12 year process basically to get 
from being prescribed testosterone and, and when, as at 24, how old are you now? I'm 37 now. I'm about to be 38. Okay. And you got diagnosed. What year did you get diagnosed with Kleinfelder syndrome? In 2022. So like just last year. Yeah, just last year. It was, it was less than eight months, nine, nine months ago. Dang, I've got so many questions. So I'm curious on how much how much did you weigh when you first went into the doctor to be like, I need to do something about this? So when I was 24, I weighed 330 pounds. And how tall are you? I'm 6'2". Okay. So a little a little overweight. Yeah, just a little overweight. And and honestly, when I was back then, what kind of helped me lose weight was doing jujitsu. But I mean, that was just a lot of physical ther- physical work to lose the weight. But even then, I think even when I turned 25, I maybe was down to 290. And that's when I met my first wife at 26. I was around the 280, 290 mark. And um, I wasn't on testosterone or anything, and I wasn't doing the, the workouts anymore. So I sprung back up, and I hit maybe 380 390 oh wow okay and that that was after the first divorce when i was uh 28 i was about 390 um and then so um so age 30 then um after that divorce was over with and i went back to testosterone i was in the 390 380 range um and the testosterone helped me drop down um and, and I think when I was 32, I, I have healthy parents and my parents have always been like, well, if you watch what you eat and, and it's 80% what you eat and 20% what you do. Um, so I was like, you know, screw it. I just won't eat. And I started starving myself. And so for eight months, when I was 32, I went from uh, probably like 350 and I dropped all the way down to 230. And so I was 230 pounds when I actually met my wife when I was 33. So the depression from like your marriage and then not finding out, not your marriage not working and then you're, um, you're not unable to have kids and then having to be on testosterone, not liking needles and going to the doctor to probably get your injections done. Like the whole process was just like kind of demoralizing to you and you were just like, you know what, I'm going to like not eat which was totally not healthy, but it dropped, it, right. you dropped a ton of weight in a quick period of time, which is also probably not the healthiest, but you did. Um, yeah. And then you met your, your, your new, your new second wife. Um, what I'm kind of curious on, like, without knowing about the diagnosis, testosterone, right? You went on testosterone for the first time and you were getting injections like every two to three weeks. Um, what was, do you remember what the change was in like cognitive, physical, like, did, do you, do you remember what that felt like to be on TRT for the first time? Yeah. So when I was on it for the first time for taking it on a weekly basis, uh, so that, that very first time when I was 24 and that lady said that I'd possibly had client elders, um, I didn't feel any, any difference taking it every two to three weeks. Um, but whenever, after my first divorce, um, in, in my late twenties, uh, so 28, 29, when I started taking it, then, um, I felt better. Like I was more focused at work. I, you know, I had more energy. I felt like I could get out and do things. I wasn't just stuck. Um, and, uh, there's something else. Do you feel like your mind just went blank? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Do you feel a lot of guys will say that, and I'm not trying to put thoughts in your mind, but a lot of guys will say like a fog was lifted. Like they, they, they felt like their head was in the fog. And then when they got on TRT after a while, after it normalized, they felt like they could, like they had glasses that like, that were actually like fit their face and they could see again. Yeah, I, I did. I felt like the fog was lifted. I felt like I had way more energy. Um, I felt I felt better about myself. I had more confidence in myself. Um, but, you know, even whenever I did it at that time and, and cut all the weight, I wasn't strong because I wasn't lifting weights or anything. But now I lift weights. I, I do walks and things like that. I, I have more energy and I feel better. Um, the first time I did it, I was not doing it healthily. And, and so 
yes, it was a clear uh, from the brain fog. Um, I, I, you know, I, I excelled at my job better. Um, at first I was struggling in my job and then I started getting on the testosterone. Um, things clicked for me at work. Um, I started remembering things, um, started working harder and, and actually uh, showing that I was a, a really hard worker within my job that I work at. And what, what's your job? I work in the finance industry and leasing for GM Financial. Okay. So you're, are, so, do you have a finance degree? Is, is that what you're, or just been? I don't. I, I actually have no, no college. Okay. Um, I went to, I, I tried college and, and I didn't, didn't really work for me. And so I jumped into the workforce and I've been working in different corporate areas um, since I was 19 years old. Um, I've worked for GM Financial for almost 12 years now. Um, and I've worked my way up in the company. I'm now an analyst in the company and a subject matter expert for leasing. Uh, so it, it, it's actually, I think that having the testosterone has built my mind around understanding how the leasing process works and how things work uh, within our department. Um, I, I think even, even Klein filters, the, the identic memory and the the photogenic memory, all that works so well with what I do that I remember things from 11 years ago when I worked in another department and I'm talking with my coworkers now about a situation that's going on and, and, and we're, we're talking about it going, hey, well, what should we do in this? I'm like, well, we did this 10 years ago. Let's, let's do it this way and this will come out with the end result that we're looking for. And they're like, how did you come up with that? And I'm like, I remember. <laughs> so. so once you... Like you went on TRT on, off, on, off. Then you finally got the diagnosis. Let, I'm really curious to talk about the actual, the diagnosis itself. When you found out was, do you remember that moment that last year? Do you remember the emotions and, and how it made you feel? Did you feel relieved? Like what was, what was finding this, finally getting an answer to like why things weren't happening? It, it was very emotional. I was happy, but I cried. Um, I, it was all the raw emotions of this is what your life has been for the past 37 years, 36 years. Um, it was the, the roadblock of hitting, hitting the wall of I'm not going to have kids um, naturally. I, I can't have kids naturally. It's, um, it, it was the crying out to God going, why did you make me have this? Um, I, I don't understand why my brother can have three kids and I'm not having any kids. Um, and, and I feel like I'm, I was put on this earth as, I mean, I've always been told that I was going to be a great dad and, um, a great father for, for somebody and a great husband. And I was always going to be able to take care of people in that fashion. And I'm now about to be 38, can't have kids, can't do nothing. Um, it, it was, it was hard. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was a release, but it was hard at the same time. What was, and Oh, go ahead. I was going to say having my, my wife there because it didn't just affect me. It affected her too. And she was now seeing that she's not going to have kids from her husband. And I had to like process I'm, I'm going through this, but so is she. And we looked at it together and, and said, okay, well, where are we at? Where are we going to do it? What, what are we going to look forward to? And we sat there together and we prayed and asked God to lead us. And uh, we worked through it together. And, and actually we have a stronger marriage. We know that we're gonna grow old together. We know that um, we have to take care of ourselves because nobody else is gonna do it for us. And so um, we're doing walks on a regular basis and we're doing things together to live well together, to uh, making financial choices that are gonna benefit us in the future when we decide to retire, so. I mean, it's, it's awesome that you have been able to at least have closure and like, I can't, I won't be able to have biological kids. Um, and then also focus on like knowing that you have it, problems with weight, knowing that like you want to be healthy and you want to take care of yourself and probably your wife as well. Like, so you guys have made this bond together that, okay, we've, we've been faced this challenge, but we're over, we're overcoming it in other ways and we're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to, you know, like that's, 
that's really amazing that you're able to do that and that you didn't just fall right back into a depression. You've also had 10 plus years of, of ups and downs with it to where maybe you maybe already had some closure with like, why can't I have kids? I'm not having kids. Um, I'm not going to put a bunch of stress and, and focus on that. So when you did get diagnosed, like what did you get a phone call? Like how, how did you get, how was the news breached to you? I'll, I'll be honest. I don't feel the best way that it was breached to me. Um, I got a, a notification in my phone from uh, the, the the doctor's office. Um, we had a uh, a portal that we used, and it popped up in there. I got my test results, and it said that I had 47XXY Kleinfelders. And then um, about 20 minutes later, a note came in from from my endocrinologist saying. Um, this is what you expected, and it just it shows the results of what you expected it to be. Wow! And so no no empathy, no phone call, no description of what it is, how you can help yourself with it, no resources, nothing. And and so then I went to Google of going. Well, there's got to be something else out there. There's got to be more information out there, and it's actually how I landed on your website. And and your website actually gave me a, a better look on life and showing the, the positives of it, not just the negatives that Google has. And, and I, I've actually dug all over your website and seen all the resources and I've, I've appreciated the resources there. Um, Cause it, it, it's, it made me start looking at my childhood and looking back on life on, Hey, why did I act this way? Why did I do it this way? Why did it, why weren't things this way? And, and it, it actually brought more closure than anything else of I'm, I'm still a normal guy. I'm still a guy at that. Like, it's not because I have an extra chromosome that I'm something else. I'm, I'm still a guy. And, and having that reassurance of I'm still a guy, I'm, I've never changed anything. And I've been a guy my entire life because I felt like I was a guy my entire life. So, I mean, um, it was it was different closure um, that and and honestly I've talked with my doctor since and she doesn't know much about it and um, I'm on my next visit I'm actually gonna give her one of your cards that you gave me uh, and so that she can have more information so if any other men come in and have the same issues that she'll be well well versed in it and have other options and have options to give to those guys as well. I mean, that's, that's incredible that you found us in a shorter period of time. And then, and then your willingness to then like educate your doctor. Cause a lot of, I think there's a lot of people in our community that are wanting to educate their doctor, but also like doctors in a way think they're God and they have that complex of like, well, I learned about this. I know what I know. And like, how is there any other information out there about this? The lack of empathy with how people are told, whether it's mothers in utero or men or, or families trying to find a diagnosis for their child, there is there are some great there's great doctors and and um, don't get me wrong on that one, but there are a lot of really bad doctors that have absolutely zero empathy, and they don't they don't realize that how they are telling their patient about this, whether it's a phone call on a Friday afternoon and they have to wait the entire weekend to like bask in it before they can actually get a diagnosis that happens to a lot of mothers unfortunately in utero they get like a phone call on friday that says like there's something wrong but we don't necessarily have all the information yet and then they have to wait the weekend in like misery to figure out what's going on and um in your case like no empathy no resources so you go straight to google when you did go to google what did you find and were like you said, like I'm a man, right? So were you question, like were you questioning, like, wait, am I, like, what am I, like, what was the information telling you? Um, there, there was a few things out there that said that um, you're not a man or a woman. You're, uh, I think it's like the UK description of it, saying that you're basically. I, I can't remember the exact saying of it, but it, it says it classifies it into somebody that has both male and female genitals. Intersex. And, yeah, intersex. Yeah. And and it 
it classifies you you as that and, and it's even that way on their insurance and and i think that was the first website i pop, popped up i'm like this can't be right and so i i kept i i'm a researcher i i dig and dig and dig until i find more information than just what they have posted online and uh I, I mean, I had to go down a few different websites to actually find you guys. But um, when I found you guys, it, it, it didn't just say, okay, this is what the baby is. This is what the, the uh, adolescent's going to look like. And then this is how you'll live a life as an adult. Um, it, it, your site actually said, hey, here's some resources. Here's um, what other guys with your condition have. Here's what... Um, here's the spectrum. It's not just one size fits all. I mean, I even did research and seeing how Kleinfelder's was originally uh, found, and it was showing the the Down syndrome children in the east wing of the hospital. They did all the diagnosis on them, and so every one of them had Kleinfelder syndrome. And and now looking at it, going, so do I have some sort of mental disorder? And that's where it first took me to: is did I have some sort of mental disorder? because every one of them had Kleinfelders, but then um, for the research, it's sure they had Kleinfelders, but not every person that has Kleinfelders has that disorder. And so it, it was just a lot of research and bringing things to my wife and my wife going, you need to find something more. Uh, you, you're better at, at researching, find something that, that actually tells you who you are. And, and honestly, when I lived, landed on living with XXY.org, it was, really just something that resounded with me and and really really helped us both to be honest and then listening to the different podcasts and you know i i've heard some podcasts that have just enraged the feelings inside of me because of how families have treated their their sons and and it i didn't get the same reaction from my family i i i got the reaction of oh okay sure i mean that's cool that you have that it's no big deal um you're still you're still daniel you're still our our brother our son you're, there's there's nothing nothing different about you and and it it was an odd welcoming from family um just being okay sure that, that's you you're you're that um let's move on and, and let's keep having life going on and you know i've, I've had friends that i've told at work and and I'm scared to just like openly come out with it with everybody because of the negative press on the internet. And and I had to search for it. But you know, when I when I told my friends even, they're like, Yeah, cool. That that's awesome. You're you're still that regular guy that we know. Um, you're not quirky, you're not odd, you're 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 that regular guy and you're our friend and and we welcome you with open arms. And um I I, I think because of the unknown people shut down with it but having that positive information um more people will be open arms with it i think yeah a hundred percent on everything that you just said as far as um looking into the diagnosis seeing that like in the uk places that have like universal health care australia canada are like lumping in kleinfelder syndrome into this big umbrella box of like intersex and it's absolutely destroying a lot of the guys lives that have this that want to be open about it but then when they like when you read about it you see the information on google the serial killers the the murderers that have had xxy that used to be on wikipedia like you you see all like this horrible information you're like wait i'm nothing like that and then you're quite like you're being told by the nhs that you're not male or female like then that right. getting a diagnosis at you know, um, 37, 36 years old, you're like questioning your whole life before that. And it's not giving you any type of like positive re like affirmation that like, Hey, okay, I have this diagnosis, but I'm still, I still have a Y chromosome, which makes me a male. Like it's, mm -hmm. and I'm, they're lumping me into this category. And then when you read about it, when you go to the NIH and you go to Medline Plus and you go to like the government websites in the United States that actually have like factual information, it says XXY is not intersex. It is not an intersex condition unless you have a physical characteristic of the opposite sex. So just because you have an extra chromosome doesn't mean that all of a sudden 
you're like, and that's, I think that's really difficult right now because a lot of families want to open up. A lot of men want to open up and share their story and put awareness out there. So like information in our community can change like research, more research, more funding. Like, why is this the most common chromosome condition, but nobody knows about it? Like, why are people afraid to talk about it? Especially when we're hiding in plain sight, right? Like you and me walking down the street, nobody would know that we have this. So it's like, exactly. how do you raise awareness about an invisible condition in a way, but then you have the society on the outside telling our community like, oh, you're this, you're that. But it's mm-hmm. like, hey, wait a second. Are you part of our community? Like, no, you're not. And, right. s- and so that's that's super frustrating to me is because here we are, like our the individuals in our community want to use their voice. They want to share. But then they're so worried about like their son in school being told that he's not a boy or a girl, like or being bullied right. for it, and or parents, like you said, like even though your parents were maybe accepting, they might have also been like, well, cool, okay, like we don't need to know anything about your diagnosis, like maybe yeah. maybe they just didn't want to know about it, or they did research it, but they didn't tell you that they researched it, and so now they they might be like questioning like you based on this diagnosis, even though you're the same person. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible that you have the, the knowledge, like you educated yourself, you went to Google, you found what you found and you weren't like, you were like, wait, wait a second. Like this is the internet. I can't believe everything that I see, like read on the internet. Did you realize like once you found living with XXY, like, did you realize a lot of the stuff you read was maybe like, um, the most extreme of the situation, like once you realized there was a spectrum of individuals, did once you like went back and like read the what what research you did read, did you think like wow, this is like maybe um, the most extreme cases, or or like this is not a one size fits all diagnosis? Yeah, I, I realized it was a uh, not a one size fits all diagnosis. Um, you, you know, I even even looking at, at your website at the different characteristics that the men had put on there saying that this is them i don't resonate with every one of them and, and it's okay and you know there, there's a few things on there and i'm like oh yeah this is definitely me this is definitely me uh, i can kind of see that but not really it, it, looking and, and picking and choosing and and just really um it's hard for me to brag about myself and and so for me to bring out those good characteristics of saying this is actually me and then having it on the page there, sitting there looking at me going, yeah, okay, that this is definitely me. This is definitely me. Um, I can use this to brag about me in my next job because I know that I have a photogenic memory and I know that I'm a very kind person and I know that I'm a very emotional person, but I'm maybe not these items over here. And and I I know look, after looking at it and find, finding more information, it, it's just kind of brought things more together for me. Um, yes. So when you did do the research and you did find living with XXY and, and you, and you kind of like started to compile things about your life, did you go back into your childhood as if like you were a time tra- traveler and yeah. look back at your past and be like, what, what did you look at? Like, where did you go with that? Well, I've, I've been told, as a baby, I was sick a lot and, you know, I had, had double pneumonia and walking pneumonia by the time I was uh, age of five and my teeth were actually splitting apart and, and I've always had teeth issues and, you know, my mom's like, oh, it's because of the, the pneumonia that you had. And that's what the dentist even said is because of the pneumonia. And I even have teeth issues now. And I'm realizing it's not because of pneumonia, it's actually because of the bone density and the client filter syndrome and, and the possibilities with that. And so um, looking at that going, well, that wasn't, that wasn't the pneumonia or it could have been the pneumonia, but it could have also been uh, the lack of bone, bone density I had. I mean, even um, as a child, I was sensitive and you know, I was very empathetic with people. Um, if somebody was crying, I would start crying. And um, I've always been kind with people and always uh, just being like the big helper. And I had an older brother and we were, me and my brother were treated exactly the same. And, you know, we, we always got in trouble together even. And my dad would say, if one of you is going to get a spanking, both of you are going to get a spanking. Don't, don't tattle on your brother or you're both going to get in trouble. 
And so um, I've always been treated like a normal boy growing up. And, and uh, when I got in my teens, um, I would always roll my ankles and, and look at like if I was doing something sports, playing basketball or playing soccer, um, I, would, I would get almost injured, but not too injured to stop me from playing. But I would always roll my ankles and wouldn't understand why I was just rolling my ankles at random times. Um, but now with the, the bone density, understanding that I was missing the testosterone in my body, the, the, the proper production in order for my bones to be strong. I didn't like milk. And so I refused to drink milk. So I wasn't getting any calcium from the milk. I wasn't doing calcium supplements. And so I think as a, a teen and child, I, I actually had lower bone density because of that. Um, and, you know, and, you know, teen boys, uh, they go through puberty. Um, I was a late bloomer. I didn't go through it with everybody else. Um, we would all be sitting in a class together and they would be talking about, you know, choking the chicken or, or spanking the monkey. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? I have no clue what y'all are talking about. And they're like, you know, jerking off. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I still don't know what y'all are talking about. And, and it took till I was almost 18, 19 years old to understand what they were talking about. And that was in ninth grade that they were talking about all that. Um, I was homeschooled, so I, I kind of was sheltered from some things. But in my 10th, 11th, and 12th year, I went to high school, to a, a public school. So, I mean, I was introduced to things, but I wasn't really introduced to anything, um, just, just the schooling part of things. Um, and, and I struggled in school. Uh, I had, had a lower GPA rating. Um, so, I, I mean, I understand that a lot of this was brought on because I didn't have the cognitive function that was going on that I needed the testosterone. I, my body maybe went through like a half puberty. Um, and and I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I turned 30, I felt like I went through puberty. Um, things worked differently, um, you know, size-wise. I've never never had any kind of complaints in either one of my marriages of, of having sex. Um, I've always been a good size and everything. Um, but when I hit 30, things changed and things got a little bit bigger. And, and it was, oh, this is different. And, um, you know, just looking at it and, and understanding now, oh, at age 30, I finally went through puberty. My voice finally drops. I always had a high, higher pitched voice. I get on the phone and people thought I was a girl on the phone talking to them. And they'd say, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, I'm a third. Quit calling me, ma'am. And um, <laughs> That must have been so frustrating. It, it just, yeah, it, it just, it, looking back completely, everything came to full focus of, yeah, I needed testosterone my entire life and I didn't get it. But on the flip side, I, I'm now a kind person, most loving person. Um, I, my, my goal is to, to show God's love to all people and it flows unconditionally through me. And my wife tells me all the time, I'm, I'm the most kindest man she's ever met. And, and I, I think I owe all that to me having Kleinfelder syndrome. And, and I, I thank God now that I had it because I wouldn't be the man I am today without it. Oh, man, that's good. That's a good one. I like that. I mean, that's, I think that's full circle and living with XXY is like giving back to the community, sharing the positives, sharing that like, I am this way. I'm happy to be this way. I can't change it, embracing it, accepting it ultimately. And then giving yeah. back and then turning around and giving back and sharing your story like you just did and um talking about challenges. Like, you know, I'm I'm curious when you talk about like sexual function and things like that. Um, did you ever notice that your testicles were smaller? Did anyone like ever when you were younger, like physicals or anything like that? You know, I, I never had physicals growing up. Okay. And so there was nobody there to say that I had them smaller. Um, you know, you, you compare yourself to the people around you. And I compared myself to my brother. And I just thought, well, he's, a, he's my older brother. So, you know, he, he's bigger than I am. <laughs> he's he's going to, uh, they're, they're going to be different sizes. And then my dad's always told me that, you know, it's it's always, everybody is a different. Their body shape is different. Yep. Um, there's nothing to worry about. Um, you're, you're still growing like you should be. And he, he's really just 
I guess my 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 dad's been the all inclusive one, and and my mom's been like, hey, he's fine. He's just caring. He's he's loving. He's he's gentle. Like it, my parents have always treated me normal in, in that retrospect, and but saying that I'm different from my brother and we have different characteristics, so it just made things normal for me. And nobody on the outside able to tell me, hey, you you have smaller testes or you um, this doesn't look right. Um, and, you know, my parents, neither one of them had insurance growing up. And so they didn't know to take me for those physicals. They didn't know to go and, and uh, get exams done or, or anything like that. And we didn't have any testing to be done because they didn't know. They didn't yeah. know that Klein Silvers wasn't an option or, or something that one of their kids could have. And so it was just, they. I guess it was non-existent, but I don't have any animosity towards them. They didn't know. They, yeah. they couldn't know. And so I, I'm thankful that it's now out there more. And, you know, I have a nephew and two nieces. I, I've gone and talked to my sister-in-law and said, hey, watch for his characteristics. Um, here's, here's Ryan's website. Look at these and look at him and make sure that he's growing properly. And if he's not, you know, you, you now have knowledge for your son. And... And it just to help my nephew. And and I, I talk to um, parents all the time it, to, to, to watch your kids, um, to, to be, be mindful of what's going on. And um, there's nothing wrong with them. But, you know, if something could be helping them to, to grow up. You know, my, my nephew's um, not as tall as his siblings are. and But my sister-in-law is short. So... I mean, it, it could be either way. Um, speaking of tall, um, I'm actually the tallest person in my entire family. And um, my dad is 5'10", my brother is 5'11", uh, and I've always been taller than all of them. And and I know that's one of the things for kind tellers is you, you grow really, really tall. And I, I shot up really, really early, really, really tall, and then finally expanded everything else. But um, I've always been tall for my age, too, so... Yeah, that's, you know, you bring up a great point about just parenting in general, um, like not treating your kid differently because even though they didn't know back then, but just not in general, not treating your kid differently because he has XXY. Um, that's a huge, huge thing in our community of, of parents. Some parents might treat their kid differently and, and um, it's it's hard, it, that it's a spectrum. So it's really hard to like put, you know, like what, I'm not a parent, so it's really hard for me to be like, hey, right. this is what you should be doing, um, though I've lived with it my whole life and, and known since an early age. But I think like your parents not treating you any differently, telling and then includes like your dad being like, hey, your brother is older than you. He, he's he's this way and you're this way. And it's and I think that that's incredible because when it comes to bullying or when it comes to sticking up for yourself or self-esteem, uh, you look at it like well, I'm different, but it doesn't, just because I'm different doesn't mean that it's bad or wrong. And like, it, your dad was kind of like, well, stop comparing yourself to other people at like a really young age. So it gave you that confidence and that self-esteem to believe in yourself with whatever it, right. whatever it was. And and so you have incredible parents. And I, I think even though you didn't get diagnosed until later, parenting is like 85% Kleinfelder syndrome. It's like, if your parents are putting in the effort, the, the work, whatever it is like, and then becoming the expert in the room that most likely your kid is going to benefit, like have a substantial benefit in that aspect. And I do understand like parents are out there who have three and four and five kids who can't dedicate a ton of time. And if they do dedicate more time to one kid than the other, than the other kids are, and there's this whole like aspect, different ratio thing that, um, I'm sure is like extremely difficult. So when you, let's see, so coming forward and coming to the point where you are now, like, why did you sign up to share? Why are you putting, like, knowing, knowing what you've read online, like seeing the stigma, seeing the, the information, the, and the photos. And like, even though you're kind of out to your family and your friends and your coworkers, like, why did you come here? Why do you want to do this podcast and, and share your story? Well, I, I think it's really, I want our community be heard. Um, I don't want others to be able to say, oh, you're this way or you're that way. 
um, there's a lot of positive aspects of who we are and who I am. And, and I think everybody should know. And, and honestly, I've, I've gotten so passionate about it of, you know, I, I, I kind of get like, when I listen to other guys on the podcast, I'm like, I, I just want to like scoop them up and hug them and be like, you're, you're not alone. You're, you are who you are and you're who you're supposed to be. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't think anybody should have to be able to, or should be able to be labeled by somebody else. It's, it's really, you know who you are. Um, you're, you're loved by God ultimately. And there's nobody that should be able to change who you are based off of what you know. So how do you, how did you like, based off of what you know, like, how did you educate yourself? Um, you know, once you did the research and, you now here you are a year after your diagnosis. Like, what have you been doing um, to, like, not let any of that negative stuff creep into your mind or not become a victim of Kleinfelder syndrome? Like, what are you, how are you, are you just back to living your normal life knowing that you have, knowing that you have this? I, I am. I'm, I'm back to my normal life. Um, I, I watch things. I've gone through a, a bone density scan to get a baseline to understand where I'm at. So, you know, a couple of years down the road, I can do another one. I'm taking care of myself. Um, I'm looking for those signs of, um, you know, sometimes in Kleinfelder's men can, men can have breast cancer. And so I'm, I'm trying to watch for my health, knowing what, where my life could lead. I'm watching for my own life and my own health for it. And, and I'm taking supplements, um, taking, um, continue with testosterone and I'm going to a, a level that is comfortable for me not to bulk up on muscle because a lot of guys are going in there to just bulk up on muscle and having those discussions with my doctors uh, I, have, I have three different doctors I go and see and each one of them have the, the same understanding of what I'm looking for uh, for getting testosterone and for getting medication I'm looking for my general well-being and my general health and I'm going to stop something if it's not helping me, benefiting me. And, and I'm not even, even not benefiting me and my life. Um, we're trying to do things together. And so I'm trying to look at my life now as how can I uh, make my life extend as far out as I possibly can and how I can encourage others and do the same. What gave you, what gave you the strength to advocate for yourself? Like that's a big, that's a big step. Um, I'll say mostly God, um, just because I've been a Christian since I was five years old. I gave my life over to him uh, five year, when I was five years old. Um, and, and it's reading the Bible and understanding my walk with God is, is ultimately changed my entire world. And it, God led me to my wife. And now my, me and my wife are doing it together and reading the word together and praying together and it's God's leadership that has allowed me to do anything that I've done. And, and I will stand by that and I will encourage others to uh, dig deep. And if you don't know God to, to go and find him. And if, if you need to talk to talk to me about it, reach out to me and we'll, we'll talk about it and go deeper in the word about it. Um, but I think that you, you have to cling to something bigger than yourself and who, who else better than our creator. And so that's what I, where I've gone with it and what's encouraged me to go forward and, and to, to look at the positives and, and to understand that we're all out here doing the same thing, trying to, trying to get to the same place. And um, I'm happy to help anybody that wants to get there with me. Thank you for that. What, um, what would you tell in, in kind of final thoughts what would you tell men and guys out there or families out there that are going through either getting a diagnosis or just just got one just just received a diagnosis like what would you tell them i would tell them first to, to get on living with xxy.org and read up on the different stories and understanding um you're not alone and um just guys you're 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 going through this, um, find somebody to talk to and, and find somebody that's going to embrace you with who you are. And, you know, mothers, if, if, if you're finding out this diagnosis of your child, they're normal. 
Um, they're going to be loving. They're going to be kind. They're going to be sweet. Um, you're going to enjoy your child and, and he's going to grow up and be a strong man. And, and he's going to grow up and, and be somebody who's going to change the world. Um, because that's what we're, we're out here doing is we're changing the world and changing aspects and perspective. And um, we're going to show men how to be men without having to, you know, do all the quote unquote manly things. We can still be a man without going hunting and fishing. If that's your thing, go for it, but it's not mine. And so I, my thing's music. My thing is uh, going in and doing nature walks with my wife and you can still be a man and do that. Yeah, you bring up a great point. And earlier you said something about testosterone on how like, you know, many of the people that are on TRT go up, go to the gym to get bulked up. And I think that there's like a huge misrepresentation of TRT in general. Um, like most of my yeah. YouTube videos on testosterone are men that are not subscribe like either they're they're mainly doing it for the gym and they, a lot of their i actually had one comment recently is like are you sure you're injecting testosterone are you sure that that's not estrogen because you look like a weak child and oh, wow. it's because i'm not like muscular and i'm not you know i have a gut and um i'm tall and i'm skinny and so there's this misconception of trt and i think that's a big thing in our community where people are afraid to get on testosterone because they don't want to become that bulk meathead guy that they see you know going to the gym and they're worried that yeah it'll take their sensitivity away or their emotional or their empathy away so you bring up i mean you bring up a great point about just being yourself and embracing who you are and i think that that's what's incredible about this community is more and more guys like yourself are like we're empathy we're we're empathetic we're like caring and kind and when we bring that to our own community it can be difficult because everyone gets a diagnosis at a different time period. And there are a lot of differences between people, but like you said, focus on the similarities and bring people together and, and create like community. It's um, it's powerful and it's huge. And I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story because it, it will make an impact and it will have a difference. Most definitely. I was happy to be here too. Thank you so much. Thank you.